Hey, what's up? It's Andy from Blackville Brides, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Jinx from Blackville Brides, and this is Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Jinx Pitts from Blackville Brides. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. Welcome to episode 219 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Sean, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. In episode 219, we have a double shot of the Black Veil Brides. John recently had a chance to talk with Jinx and Jake Pitts after their stint on the Warp Tour. Now, this interview originally appeared on GuitarWorld.com, but we're happy to be able to bring that to you now. Leading into those interviews, though, here's We Don't Belong off their Wretched and Divine album. gentlemen from the black veil brides we have on the line jinx how you doing man hey i'm doing well how you guys really really well um you are on a, a kind of a much deserved break after the, the warp tour uh, and before you guys hit the road with a bullet for my valentine um can you talk a little bit about the warp tour experience yeah i mean uh warp tour well i mean it is a pretty grueling tour it, it, you know two months out in the, the summer heat um I mean, there were some days that were like 115 degrees in the shade, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, all in all, it's it was a fun time. You know, it, it, the crowds were were great for us. I, there's some, you know, the, the turnout was was amazing every day, and, and uh, you know, it's it's just amazing to see the kids coming out. Uh, you know, even even in that heat and that that weather, and and just you know, hanging out all day and seeing all the bands and and. Uh, just for you know, just for the sake of music, and and, and uh, you know, it's just it's cool to see that. And, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. We we had a really good time this summer on Warped. Uh, it's all in all a great experience. Good, good. Now, when you when you're doing an event like that, I mean, you guys have obviously developed quite a fan base over the last couple of years, as evident by your fans getting nominated for Revolvers, Golden Gods, and stuff. But when you're doing doing a show like that, where there's and are what three hundred bands on the bill that, that day? I mean, are are you? Is it mostly like playing to your home crowd, or, or do you get a lot of converts, you know, coming to see what the hell this is all about? 
Uh, I would say we get a lot of converse, especially you know, a festival like that. Uh, um, you know, I, I think uh, you know, even the first Warped Tour we did two years ago, we won a lot of people over because mm-hmm. even at that time, we'd only had one album out. Sure. And our, our second one was just coming out while on the Warped Tour. And uh, so not a lot of people, you know, I mean, just only word of mouth so far, uh, really, and, and just the exposure we had from the first record. Um, so, it, you know, it was our fan base, but then a, a, a lot of converts because, you know, what, what is this all about, you know? And back then we were wearing a lot more makeup, you know, yeah. a lot more theatrical, I guess, with, with the costumes and whatnot. But, um, man, it, it, you know, in just two years' time, you know, we've done a lot um working our butts off, you know, we put out two more records, we, uh, you know, then like you say, the Golden Gods Awards, uh, it's all the accolades, um, gotten a lot more attention. Sure. Now, our, our crowds, have, crowds have grown, uh, but I, I, I would say that, yeah, there's still, uh, there are a lot of converts, you know, people, uh, that have heard of us and they weren't, weren't too sure about it, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. had, had a, uh, different feelings for it, but then they, they saw us, you know, Calder set and like, wow, those guys can actually play. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And in all fairness, I, I remember when I, I kind of first found out about the band, I mean, it was like, okay, we have five guys that kind of look like Mick Mars playing metalcore. And it was kind of quick, frankly, to dismiss it because it wasn't revolutionary at the time. But then I think the second record sure. really set you guys apart and showed a huge growth in the songwriting and the cohesiveness of the band. Cause I mean, you guys were all, you know, relatively strangers during the first record. Um, yeah. You know, and to see the evolution through Wretched and Divine has been fantastic. Um, you, you grew up, uh, you know, not in the streets of L.A., but in, in Iowa, correct? I did, yes. Now, I grew you, up in the... Yeah, go ahead. No, that's okay. I mean, you're, you're a relatively young young man now, but, I mean, back, you know, when you were in your formative years... Um, you know, shred guitar wasn't exactly at the forefront of anyone's mind. I don't think. Was there anything in particular you gravitated to, or any reason you you, you know developed the chops you guys did? Well, yeah, I, you know, for for me myself, I was kind of born into it. Um, both of my parents played in bands. Uh, you know, at the time I was born, my my dad still plays uh, mm-hmm. in bands. Uh, my brother as well. Uh, I'm an older brother, and uh, in you know. That was just kind of my my upbringing. Um, MTV was always on, and you know I just sit in front of there, you know, uh, with the with the guitar and just mm-hmm. you know try to mimic what was going on on the TV since I mean my earliest memories. And you know I think I was about four by the time I you know actually started like learning how to play riffs and, and <laughs> you know and, and um, so it was just I, I guess I was just kind of born into it, even though I had a, other interests aside. It, it was you know I, I think. Um, uh, but now you say, you know, because it was Iowa, uh, not, not a lot of people took it seriously. That's why I had to make the, you know, uh, make the exodus here to L.A. Because what I found, you know, when, when uh, growing up in Des Moines and, and you know, going to school, I, I got a lot of, uh, you know, I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to be a rock star someday. Oh, everybody would laugh at you, you know, because, mm-hmm. well, you know, rock stars don't, don't don't grow up here in Iowa, you know, that they don't come from here and you know, you gotta go to college and you gotta get a job at an insurance company or something, raise a family, put up some kids and that that's just kind of what uh what people do in Iowa and they you know music is just kind of like, Oh, it's a hobby. It's not it's something you do if you have the time for it. 
So for me, I'm like, no, that's all I want to do. So I had to, I had to go somewhere where I could find people that were as serious about it as I was. Now, were you still in Iowa when Slipknot broke? I I was actually I was just leaving Iowa when they uh, they put out their first record. So it was, okay. it was about that time that I you know yeah I was like see you later. Yeah. <laughs> and and then you know like a year later they're they're like the biggest metal band you know and like oh man awesome you know but. Yeah. Um, but you know those guys were very. Those I, I would say those are about the only people. It, it's changed a lot. You know, I actually was just there last week and kind of caught a little bit of the music scene. I you know uh, spent a little time with my family and, and uh, you know it it has changed a lot. I'd have to say Slipknot has done a lot of wonders for the the scene there. Um, that, you know, there are a lot of people now, a lot a lot of kids trying to start bands and, and metal bands and and uh, there's there's a lot a lot of activity going on, but. You know, there's a lot that's the same, too. I'm, I'm really glad that I did what I did and moved here. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you are no stranger to classical music. Was there something in particular in your house growing up, or was it a situation where your parents wanted you to, you know, you can play the guitar, but you've got to take up a more serious instrument kind of thing? How did that... Uh, you know? um, honestly, it, 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 it was kind of like my rebellion against my parents, to be honest. Uh <laughs> You know, I, I <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're kids. Usually, it's the opposite. Um, but uh, I actually discovered classical music through uh, Randy Rhodes. He was my first, like, okay. really my first favorite guitar player. And and uh, you know, I'd studied his work, and, and like he was just so classically influenced. And I'm like, where did you get that from? You know, and then I started listening to Metallica too. And the same kind of thing. You know, I was listening to like, harmonies, and and I'm like, where does that come from? And and uh, you know, it was when I first heard, like, um, Box Staccato and Cuban D minor or something. I'm like, whoa, that's pretty metal, man. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, that's where it comes from. And and I, it, that just opened up a huge door for me. And, uh, you know, when, when I was, like, seven or eight and, you know, in school, they're, like, starting to introduce instruments. And they're like, hey, do you, you know, you want to play violin? Do you want to be in the orchestra? Do you want to be in bands? And um, my grandpa actually played the, uh, played the fiddle. And I just thought it was the coolest thing when he would take that thing out from under his bed, saw away at that thing. So I was like, violin, I want to play violin. So that my mom got me a violin, and that was that. Was that. I just popped with that. You just kind of stuck with it. Now, you, uh, am I correct, did all the stringed instruments on Wretched and Divine? Is that correct? I did. I did, yes, I did. Yeah, violins, cellos, violas, all of it. Now, now for those of yeah. us ignorant on cellos and things like that i mean is it they're, they're tuned the same way to fourths and played very similar or is that that understood uh, they, they are in fourths yes um but rather than it uh be an e-a-d-g like a violin uh it's more like a viola but an octave lower um viola it's it's a-d-g-c okay so uh, there's a low c string and See? um yeah it's a, the cello is an octave lower than the viola okay so you just you tracked all that now now, how did how did when you guys were building these songs? I mean, when when you know, it's interesting to talk to someone who's done orchestration. Do you take you know scratch tracks of these songs that you guys did, or do you get something from from Jake and you know fit your parts in, or how do how do you which comes first, the guitar, the the orchestration, the drums? How do you put it all together? Well, it depends on the song actually and uh, what it calls for. Um, with this album, we, we tried a few different approaches uh, than, you know, we've been accustomed to in the past, um, the previous two records. 
it was mostly just me and Jake uh, putting together all the guitars and then building drums on top of it. Um, you know, the, the way me and uh, Jake and I work, we we uh, we, we just kind of come up with a uh, like just a skeleton or a fraction of a song. They say just like a riff. You know, you're like I have this great riff I just came up with. And I'll be yeah. like, cool. I'm like, oh, that should go into this pre-chorus into this chorus I, I have. And, and it's like, you know, and it's like, oh, cool. And then back in the verse, and then I'm like, oh, what about, you know, uh, needs a bridge. Let's see, what should the bridge be? And I'll just pull out some something from my classical, you know, upbringing mm-hmm. or whatever that's like, oh, this would be really cool to do this, like, fugue right here. So, you know, so we just kind of go back and forth until we have a completed idea. Sometimes, man, you know, we made ourselves, like, it would be like an hour and we'll have something, you know, like, um, uh, Shadows Die on the record mm-hmm. was pretty heavily orchestrated. Uh, that we, I would say that, yeah, well, I went, I went to his, his house and like, hey, I've got this, you know, little Danny Elfman kind of thing. It's like a, I probably shouldn't say that, you know, I'm not, I'm not ripping him off, but it just no. kind of reminded me, you know, it, it, a little bit neoclassical guitar thing, uh, uh, clean guitar in the, in the beginning there. And, and really simple and it's like, it could go into something a little heavier, you know, and, and he had it right away. And uh, we just went back and forth. I had a, a bridge to it. It was all uh, like kind of a klezmer beat, you know, an ostinato or uh, a syncopated rhythm, you know. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so we just put that all together in a matter of like an hour or two. And he built the drums over it. And then uh, and then I took it home and then I laid down all the the strings to it. Okay. And and uh, and then I had it. It was just uh, and it, it's one of my favorite tracks on the record. Um, but that, that's kind of how that went together. Yeah, that's really cool. Now, you guys um, recently made the switch uh, collectively to, to Schechter guitars. Can you talk a little bit about uh, you know the guitar you're playing with Schechter now? You're playing a, is it a Diablo? What was that? The uh, the uh, well, what, what I, yeah, what I was playing was a solo uh, solo six actually. Okay. Uh, that's what I was playing all, all summer on on Warp Tour. Um, uh, but actually, we're been working on a custom one for me okay. and uh it's it's uh I, you know we haven't released what the name of it is it's actually a brand new shape that they haven't released yet awesome. and uh yeah so i don't know how much i can talk about it until we unveil it <laughs> no, that's um okay. but you know I, I can tell you yeah I, I can tell you some specs you know it's a, a 24 fret uh floyd rose bridge um azmg pickups 8185s and uh just pretty simple um you know, wiring, I add just a tone knob, volume knob, selector switch, um, you know, uh, let's see, I've uh, got an ebony fretboard, uh, thin neck, uh, you know, let's see, I'm trying to think what I can tell you without giving away too much about the body shape, but no, it's, okay. um, it's a monster. <laughs> it's a very, oh. very evil looking guitar. Oh. So, uh, but, yeah. Now on the road, are you using I'm the- pretty happy with on the road, do you use the, you're using the uh, Kemper profilers, or are you you actually taking heads out with you when you go on the road? Well, we we, uh, we, we use the Kempers live. We we take the we actually we take our heads out for backups, just you know, in case anything goes wrong, we have a AB switch. Bada bing, we you know. But um, yeah, uh, the Kempers actually been pretty uh, fail proof, you know. And, and I mean, I don't think we had a single issue all summer with them on, on warped even in the heat, and, uh, yeah, you know, these things are so cool because we, well, uh, Jake and I tracked the whole record, all the guitars, basically, with these things, so 
we were able to take the exact tone that we used on the record, go direct into the front of house and have the same tone that we used on the record live. And that was just so cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's the best we've ever sounded, you know, the best we've ever sounded to match how we sound on the record. And that's what people want to hear, you know. And it's like we're still playing live, but, mm-hmm. you know, we don't need the uh, mic cabinets or any of that. And, and it, it sounds great. It's clear as day. And, and uh, you Does know, that I, I, kind of simplify sound? That? Does that simplify sound check then? I mean, because you're kind of dialed into your tone already. You don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Does that make it quicker? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, as far as I know, I did. Uh, you know, as long as everything's working okay, we basically just plug in and go. Um, everything's dialed in. The levels are dialed in. The only thing that needs to be, uh, you know, adjusted is, is you know, either front of house or, or monitor mix. And, um, you know, and we use, we use in-ears. And, uh, but yeah, other than that, I think it's probably cut in half, if anything. Yeah, I say, you know, on a tour like Warped, you probably don't get a ton of time to just, you know, get up there and Not go, go all air. Barely, barely half an hour. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, you, you hear legendary stories of Eric Johnson doing sound checks for three hours. You know, so you don't have time to do all that oh, yeah. all kind of batteries and stuff. Um, you guys yeah, are going to be master there. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to be hitting the road. With Bullet. You're going to be hitting the road for, with Bullet for my Valentine very soon. You've got a couple more weeks off. Anything uh, new in store for that tour? Um, yeah, well, uh, you know, we're going to be playing a longer set, obviously, than, than on Warped. Uh, you know, Warped, we get it's like a 30-minute set, so uh, you know, it only calls for about seven seven songs um, on the Bullet Tour. We're going to be doing a completely different set, about twice as many songs. And, uh, you know, there's some things I don't want to, want to reveal yet, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's definitely going to be a must-see. Uh you know, we're good buddies with those guys too. It's just going to be a fun tour for us, and I, I, you know, I think it's just a good package all, the, all, all together. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. All right, Jinx. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to do uh, the show. Hey, man. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Hey, you too. And I say welcome to the show. All right. I'd like to welcome to the show we have from the Black Veil Brides, Jake Pitts. How you doing? Yeah. Good. First off. Um, Got to say congratulations on the success of the Warp Tour. How was that experience for you, going out and doing all those shows and all that heat? Oh man, it, uh, the tour was great. It was, uh, you know, very successful. The shows were amazing, um, but of course, you know, with the heat and it being Warp Tour is a, a brutal tour as well. So definitely takes a toll on you, and uh, it's not the easiest tour to do. But you know, we got through it, and uh, and it was a success. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it was kind of weird seeing you guys playing in the middle of the day after um, you guys had a pretty cool club tour, and then you're going to be hitting the road with uh, this this upcoming tour. Um, can we talk a little bit about your background as a player? I mean, uh, I believe both you and, and Jinx have been pretty heavily and pretty open about your influence from Metallica. But uh, were there any other players you know, in particular? Um, I mean, personally, my, my favorite player is Paul Gilbert uh, as far as his techniques and style goes. Um, as far as, you know, mainly like a lead player, but yeah, yeah. when I uh, started playing guitar Metallica, it was definitely, you know, the band that I heard, and I was like, wow, I, I want to sound like that. I want to be able to play like that. Um, Sinister Gates was also an influence uh, later on in my playing, and uh, I, I mean, mainly with it, Buckethead kind of, just his weirdness, uh, yeah. Yeah. his soloing styles, he's just got some crazy... You know, tapping techniques and everything. 
Um, and, you know, of course, Eddie Van Halen. Now, let me ask you this with with um, Paul Gilbert in particular, because um, he's, he's kind of a hometown boy for us. Um, yeah. Was was it – you're a little bit younger than, than myself – so when you were growing up, was it was it Mr. Big Paul Gilbert, Racer X, or or was it kind of you know some of the quirky you know sort of rock music that Paul almost did in that period of time that kind of caught your attention? Um, it, was, it was definitely more Racer X, um, and and definitely you know just some of his quirky rock music as well. But um, huh. you know, Mr. Big wasn't like a, a real big influence on me or anything. I wasn't really ever into them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was definitely the Racer X stuff, just, you know, the the riffing and the soloing and everything just really caught my attention. And I was just like, wow, like, who is this player, man? And I looked into him and I started studying his stuff and and watching his video lessons and everything and just kind of, like, picking up on, on some of his ideas and, and kind of trying to mold them into my own or incorporate his techniques into my own and everything like that. Yeah, uh, truly, it was, it was great to see him kind of make a return to doing some of those instrumental albums, you know, like he did, you know, oh, yeah. more more recently some of his stuff has been fantastic for those who, who haven't caught up with that. Um, out on the road, well, let me back up, in, in the studio, uh, when you and Jinx kind of put the material together, how do you guys divvy up who plays what? Is there kind of who wrote it, who, is who plays it, or how does that work? Um... Basically, um, on the on the last album, we tracked guitars in my studio, and uh, you know, I would be working, and it'd be whenever Jinx would come over. You know, we both work on stuff, but um, I, I guess yeah, kind of a lot of this like whoever comes up with the idea, or um, or it would be whoever could play it at that moment. Um, kind of how we've always worked uh, since day one together. Okay, and then when you do the songs live, do you, do you typically um, break that up by who played them on the record, or does it kind of work around, you know, what Jinx has to does as far as the, the string stuff? Yeah, um, you know, live, I'll, I'll play all, all the, the solos. I mean, I on the record, uh, definitely this time around, I, I did all of the, the, you know, the shreddy solo stuff. Right. Um, uh do a lead and stuff, you know, we both would, you know, help write those and stuff, uh, you know, little pre-course leads or, or whatever. But, um, uh, Jinx really spent on this, uh, on the line doing all the strings and everything. So, um, I would say I definitely ended up doing a lot more of the guitars myself because mm-hmm. he was more focused on that. Um, but yeah, live will just kind of be, you know, Whenever there's pain, you know, it's just one of us will play the harmonies and the other there, and we like to do a lot of that harmony stuff. Not kind of like, well, there's only we only need one guitar like to write that way. We like to definitely have it where, like, you you've got to have both both of us, or it's going to sound really messed up. Yeah, you guys do pull some, you know, kind of tipped in and downing sort of leads in into that, you know, albeit you know a little more you know, Malmsteen type speed in some of that, but you do do quite a bit of dual leads. Um, as far as is you, you both recently announced you're moving back to Schechter. Um was there anything in particular that, that kind of caused the impetus for that or um I mean honestly for me I wanted to go with Schechter from day one. I've got a um uh 
the 2001 model uh, C1 Elite, and I've had that guitar since I lived in Minneapolis uh, back then, and I actually went to the guitar center, saved up my money, bought it. Uh, I mean, that's the guitar I've owned the longest period of time, mm-hmm. and I actually, it, it's just, it's such a great guitar. It's set up so nice. It's just, the intonation is perfect on it, and I actually my main guitar that I record Okay. Playing all the different BC Riches and, you know, even Les Pauls. I'll, I'll play some Les Pauls, like, in the studio. I'm like, ah, it's just, it's real, they're not holding the tune. They're just, it sounds funky, and I just always go to that sector. So, for me, it was a no-brainer. I knew I wanted to go right away. It was coming home. Now, are you going to be doing, like, a production signature edition? Um, yes, I actually just got a couple of the prototypes. Um, they've, they've made it for me, and I went and picked it up. We got off work tour, and they had it uh, back in L.A., so I went and picked it up, and I got them at home now. kind of uh, playing around on them to make sure, see if there's any changes I want, but mm-hmm. uh, basically... Uh, that that C1 model that I have, they discontinued that quite a while ago, okay. and they kind of went more like C1 Classic or the Hellraiser and, and did all that. So I'm sort of basing my the scale of my guitar off of that old C1. Okay. Now is that is that a Floyd Rose on those? Um, yeah, there's there's supposed to be two different models, one with the Sustainiac and one without, but it will definitely be Floyd Rose. Okay. And that that's just a six string, correct? Okay. And as far as, like, uh, the electronics, are you going with the stock pickup, or do you have an endorsement with a particular manufacturer? Um, we, are, we are endorsed through EMG, but, I mean, those are the pickups I've always used. I, I like the 81s. Okay. And, uh, so, yeah, the 81, 85 combo. So I just, I've always used that. It's always worked really well for me. It sounds punchy, and I just, that's been my go-to pickup. Yeah. The sustain is great. Is that a neck through yeah. pick, uh, on that guitar? Uh, yes, it is. Okay, so you've got sustain forever between yeah. the pickups and the neck. And then on the back line, um, what are you using for amplification right now? Um, we're uh, got a deal with PV. Um, one of my favorite amps is actually the 6505 Plus. Yeah. Uh, they sound incredible. They're you know like big We've also been using the temper profilers as well. Okay, so I'm sorry, you're breaking up a little. You're using the uh, you're using those on the road, you said, or in the studio? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the temper profilers we can use on the road um, because you know it's so easy. Just in, in the studio, you can profile your own your own tones, and you have your studio tone, and you can take it and use it live. You don't have to worry about. It's just a lot quicker for you know our guitar techs love it because they don't have to set up. You know, we've got dummy caps and stuff on stage, but they don't have to set up the amps and mic them up and make sure the tones are right. It's just, you know, it's, you flip it on, it's plugged in direct to front of house and our inner board, and that's it. It's just, it's all phased. It's all digital, and, uh, you know, you've got your different settings. You flip through different tones, but, mm. the you know, the tones sound great. Yeah. Because bringing the studio tone to the live show. Excellent. I was wondering, I, I caught you guys, uh, it was back in January, 
uh, when you were doing a club tour, and I was wondering what you were using, because um, I don't remember seeing any amps on the stage at all, actually. But um, Yeah, we had a, uh, on the Church of the Wildlands, where we had a completely clean stage, we didn't have any amps, so it was just all off on the side. Awesome. Uh, actually, I think on that tour, we just had the campers under the, uh, under the staging. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember even seeing much off to the side. That, that's cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we've got now, we've got like a big uh, padded uh, shock mount road case with all the campers in there. And awesome. They're, they're pretty awesome, right? For live, it's incredible. Um, and in the studio, even, they're great, too. But it's just, I mean, it, it's real hard for you to be able to tell the difference, especially in a mix. I don't think you'd be able to at all. But. Awesome. Okay. Um, you're going to be hitting the road. Um, you're going out with uh, Bullet From My Valentine, and um, you guys have almost a whole month off. Um, I'm assuming you have a million things to keep you busy, but uh, it's kind of a, a nice little rest from the road, at least for the next couple of weeks. Or are you doing some good dates leading up to that tour, or are you just uh, taking it off, September mostly off? Um, September is mostly going to be off. Uh, for me, it won't be because I'm working on... Uh, I'm, I'm working on a, um, uh, remixing and, and uh, mastering that. Okay. I can't really say too much about it. I've kind of been hinting towards things like on Twitter and stuff, mm-hmm. but there hasn't been an official announcement of when it's going to be released or anything, but I'll be working on that uh, all September and get done. But, yeah, uh, as far as touring, we're off until uh, end of September. Okay. And in the studio, I mean, did you – um, work a lot with Feldman on the, the Wretched and Divine or, or did he kind of just take the reins on that and you just got to be the guitarist for that record or how did that relationship work? Um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, there was definitely songs where it was kind of like just kind of be the guitarist, like here's this, like we, we wrote this song and we need, you know, it was like here's this idea, it's kind of like, okay, it doesn't really sound like like it, 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 there, there was definitely songs where it was like, okay, this needs to sound like us. Like this, this isn't, this isn't us. And we mm-hmm. would take the part and you know make it sound, make it us. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the whole record was it was a process of you know I would be out at Feldman's studio and we'd be when we'd be writing and and you know building these song ideas up and then there'd be songs that I'd have written already and bring in and we would build them up in his studio there. Like we want this for like, like Shadows Die, for instance. We had the whole demo written out, um, the guitars, drums, and well, not all the guitars. It was just kind of like a basic idea of it. And just wanted this big theatrical, like big production. Mm-hmm. And you listen to my, just the little pre-pro demo that we did before going in the studio with him, it's just, you know, it's an insane difference between the two, but sure. um, uh, it, it was a lot of, um, you know, I, I think we thought, uh, that, I think if we had one studio for that record, it would have taken six months to make, but we had uh, guitar tracking going on at my studio, while they were tracking drums and vocals mm-hmm. at John's studio, and then Jinx was doing all the violins at his place, really just working 24 hours a day, uh, getting getting it all done. So it would have definitely taken a lot longer if we were just, you know, confined to the one studio and have to wait for everybody to do their parts. Um, yeah. But we definitely, you 
Yeah. Um, Jake, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us. I, I really appreciate it. I wish you the best of luck out there on the road, man. Okay, thanks. All right, I'd like to thank Jake and Jinx for taking the time to talk to us. The Blackville Brides are currently finishing up their tour with Bullet for My Valentine, and then they'll be heading overseas to finish up the year over there. Also, like to thank you for tuning in and invite you to drop us a line at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks. And of course, check out our website, ironcityrocks.com. Iron City Rocks is part of the Cast Iron Ring network of podcasts. So check out the other shows in our network at castironring.com. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.